Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm excited to bring you the audio of this past week's Senior Chapel Talks by Julia Humphrey, Jack Whittemore, and Chase Blackwell, TMI Class of 2019. Our first featured talk is from Julia Humphrey. Julia has been at TMI since her freshman year and is hoping to attend Texas Tech, Oklahoma University, or the University of Arkansas next fall. She plans to study the arts and focus on photography or education. When not in class, you'll find Julia behind the camera taking pictures or out on the soccer field with her team. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this senior chapel talk. As my car is flying through the mid-air, the only thought in my head is to destroy her. Catch up to Emma and bump her off the road. Yet as I continue down Rainbow Road, I begin to hear a faint sound, which I knew deep down in my heart was a red shell aimed for my destruction. I clenched the Wii remote as we were headed around the last curve, and I was hit with the shell. My whole car flipped off the road and my screen went black. Stroll, my sister strolled her way into first place. Then I lost it. I couldn't keep my composure and began screaming at the top of my lungs as my sister jumped around in happiness around me. It took me hours to recover from this upsetting defeat, yet after I collected myself, I looked around the room to see I had destroyed everything in my path over a video game. To give you an idea of what kind of kid I was in middle school, my reaction to this devastating loss was my reaction to any little inconvenience I experienced. I expected everything to be handed to me on a silver platter, exactly how I wanted to be, not even thinking about the people around me. I was known for my temper tantrums in the family. Sometimes it would get so bad that if my sister didn't listen to me, I would start throwing whatever was closest to me at her, including chairs, rocks, and as you just heard, the occasional Wii remote. But don't worry, I haven't thrown anything at Emma in years. My anger had gotten so bad to the point where I would have screening matches with my mom while all of my siblings just watched as if it were a movie. I had no reason or explanation for why I got so mad, yet I began to notice my siblings were distancing themselves from me. We stopped going on Chipotle dates, and we were forced to be in the same room. We would only make rude glances at each other. Through all of this, I never really realized how much was just handed to me, how many chances I was given from my parents. I expected the yearly vacations to an island or going out to eat every day as if it were a family tradition. I got so close to my family, yet I took for granted their love and support for me. Growing up as the youngest of my family, I was always listening to their life advice. And I looked up to them as if they were all superheroes. Even though my sister and I, Lindsay, are 14 years apart, we text and gossip to each other constantly every day. Our conversations aren't the usual boy talk, but instead about how Atticus, which is her son, has learned how to sit on the toilet by himself, or how he bit someone today on the, on the playground today during recess. This may sound like boring conversation, yet this made me grow up so much quicker than anyone else in my grade had at the time. In seventh grade, I was already an aunt and learning how to raise a kid since I made monthly trips back to Dallas while helping out my sister with babysitting and playdates. Helping Atticus learn the basic manners as a kid, I realized that I wasn't even doing the same. 
I was acting like a child and had this idea in my head that the whole world revolved around me. But don't worry, all of my siblings made it very clear that wasn't the case, and they still do every day. Growing up, I have tried to be included since all of my siblings are much older. Even if that meant following my sister around school all day or joining into their Mario Kart matches, even though I could never keep up. Over the years, my siblings have taught me how to avoid getting yelled at by our mom or how to make it through the week without having a mental breakdown. My parents have always been there for me too and have the biggest hearts of anyone I know. Even though I have seen my dad so angry when Tony Romo announced he was retiring, I have also seen him at his happiest when he walked my sister down the aisle. Now, I can't say I was the easiest child for them, but I definitely challenged their patience as parents. Don't get me wrong, there are definitely things I would change about my family, like how stubborn or competitive we all are at everything we do. Yet, I don't know one family who is perfect. During the summer of 2015, I had a reality check, or as some call it, a come-to-Jesus moment. I spent two weeks up in the mountain in Horn Creek, Colorado, with 25 other kids and no electronics. Throughout these two weeks, I spent my time focusing on my faith and listening to the people around me. They were all filled with so much joy and never once complained about anything. Even during the very steep walks up to the cabin, my friends were singing Taylor Swift while I was huffing and puffing in the back of the pack, blaming it on my asthma, even though we all knew I was really just out of shape. I was never looking at the view during the walk up to my cabin, yet resenting my counselors for making me go up there in the first place. Several times, I almost wanted to revert back to my old ways and begin throwing a big tantrum, but I didn't. I opened my eyes to all the awe-inspiring things the Lord has given to me, and I noticed I wasn't so angry all the time. It was the smallest things that would put a smile on my friends' faces, and it clicked for me. It wasn't my family or my circumstances that made my life hard, yet it was my attitude towards everything around me. After I got home from camp, I had to pack all my things up and move from Jacksonville, Florida to San Antonio, even though it was the last thing I wanted to do. Yet now we were only a road trip away from all of my family in Dallas and instead of, an, instead of a nauseating plane ride. I never wanted to leave all my friends in Florida, yet I can remember getting much closer to my siblings after the move. They were my rock and now I can't even go one day without seeing their face on Snapchat or FaceTime. When I first moved, I felt so alone in a new town with no friends and just my parents. And on top of that, my sister Emma had just left for college. Because of this, I began to consume my days with hanging out with anyone I could. Um, in the beginning of freshman year, I didn't really fit in. I was kind of just the new kid who no one really knew. Yet through a lot of awkward conversations in seventh period art, I became friends with a lot of cool people. I began going to the volleyball games and eating lunch with them. This resulted in a friendship that has now been a constant in my life every day for the past three years. She has been my rock, and now my dad even calls her his fourth daughter. We've never had an argument unless you consider that one time she did take my brownie at lunch without asking. I can always count on her to be there for me and show me there's never a reason to be sad because we always have each other. I know it sounds sappy, but I know for a fact that if you've ever talked to Peyton down, even if it was just once in the hallway, she's put a smile on your face in a matter of seconds. She is the person who got me through almost everything, all my time here at TMI, and I urge you to find people that accept you as you are, 
and make you a better person like Peyton did for me. These are the people that you will grow old with and have countless memories together. At TMI, I've met some of my best friends, and they've molded me into the loud, bubbly person that I am now. Today, I can say that I have three best friends who I would take a bullet for and are the main reasons I'm still attending TMI, along with amazing teachers who visit me at work, email chains, and Sierra who brightens my day every time I go to the cafe. <laughs> I can't say that my family or life is anywhere close to perfect because that would be a big fat lie. Zach and I always argue about who is more spoiled by mom, and Emma and I argue about how many of her clothes just ended up in my closet mysteriously. But every family has its ups and downs along with life. Every day will be different, and sometimes we don't acknowledge to have hills in your life, you must go through a valley first. But I can say without a doubt, they will always be there for me, and every challenge that I go through here at TMI is preparing me for life after high school even if that means staying up until three in the morning trying to understand calculus. Now, I'm not telling you this to apologize to my mom and dad for having to put up with me for 17 years, or to thank every person at TMI who has made me smile, because there's just not enough time in one day to do that. But my hope is to get the message across to not take advantage of what is right in front of you. Many of us won't be at TMI for much longer, so please don't look past all the amazing things that make TMI a second home for a lot of us. It may seem like your whole life is falling apart, but maybe that one person that you like isn't that into you, or you're not as pretty as the person next to you. Yet there are plenty of fish in the sea, as my mom says, and you shouldn't worry about the person next to you. Focus on your own happiness first, even if that means going in for another piece of pie. So TMI. <laughs> So TMI, I urge you to take a step back and you will see you're living a pretty good life. There are people who love you unconditionally and acknowledging the good in your life is something that can really benefit you in the long run. Thank you. Our second featured talk is from Jack Whittemore, who shared a message of love and respect for his siblings encouraging the TMI community to appreciate the time they have with family. And now, enjoy this senior chapel talk. I always fought with my sisters. From when we were toddlers to now, I constantly fight with them. Our mom would shout and tell us that we have to get along, but we never did. I thought I would never have a good relationship with my sisters. It was just the three of us, so there would always be a middle man who had to pick a side. They usually teamed against me, and I thought it was this way because they are twins. Like when there was a show I wanted to watch, my sisters decided it wasn't good enough for them. So they would put on Hannah Montana. I mean, who likes Hannah Montana? Really? I'm sure they didn't even like it. We would fight over it and eventually our mom shout at me because I'm the older, stronger sibling. I mean, where are the older siblings in the room? You can relate, right? It's always our fault. Occasionally, we would have some good days. These days usually occurred when our mom would drag us to an event we did not want to go to, like when we had to go to brunch with our mom's friends. Don't get me wrong, I like brunch, just not every week with 40-year-old woman. <laughs> we would take turns complaining and would bounce ideas off each other in order to get out of the event. It never worked. My sisters and I managed to bond over things we didn't like. 
we would talk about them and complain. We would go to Mackinac Island, Michigan most summers for my mom's work. Mackinac Island is one of the most northern parts of Michigan, and we had to take a ferry to get there. Imagine going to an island all summer where the only people you really know are your siblings. People who came to Mackinac Island were there for vacation and didn't stay more than a few days. One time, I met with a group of people at the park. They were playing football, and I asked to join. I played with them for a few hours, but after I left, I never saw that group again. Just when I thought I had a community outside my siblings, they were gone. My sisters and I only had each other on the island. Since we were up there for a month at a time, our relationship grew. We came to know each other, and we would hang out a lot more. We would, we would do things like biking and swimming together. We got to spend a lot of time together, whether it was at the swimming pool or at the park. Turns out we have a lot more in common than just complaining about brunch with my mom. When we returned from the island, we would split up and each got into our own friend groups. I was too busy with my friends and they were too busy with their friends. I viewed my sisters, sisters as people I lived with, roommates. My sisters and I definitely had good times growing up. We played and we had a friend across the street that we all liked. Whenever he would come over, we would play four-player video games or have nerf battles. I never knew that shooting someone in the face with a nerf gun could bring people together. It was fun when I got to hang out with my sisters, but I never wanted to do that for long periods of time. I saw them every day, so they, I got tired of them. They would just annoy me. The only things I wanted to do with them was play video games or do athletic things. I never wanted to play dolls with them. I, and I never wanted to be in their lives. And I never wanted to watch Hannah Montana. However, when I moved from Chicago to San Antonio to come to TMI my freshman year, my younger sisters stayed home and I noticed something crazy. I actually missed them. I always wanted to see them and I felt I was all alone down here. In Chicago, I knew that I'd always have them to count on. But down here, it was always a challenge. I had nobody, and I had to deal with all my problems alone. Making friends was a task I wasn't good at. My only friends were in the dorms, and I'd never see them during the day. I hated being away from my sisters. I always told people that I was fine, and that I was just fantastic being away from them. But just because you say something over and over again doesn't make it true. I knew that I missed them. I only got to see my sisters during the breaks, and the one-week visits were difficult. Being away from my family was so hard on me. I tried and tried to show people that I was doing fine. I never opened up to anyone. I didn't trust anyone down here enough to talk to them. I pushed more people away than I tried to let in my life. I eventually managed to make friends and I opened up to them. I told my friends how I felt and my struggles. They helped me through my hardest times. Even though I still miss seeing my sisters every day, it is easier now. I told my friends about how I missed home. I talked to them about what it's like to not be near my sisters. I talked about how different my life was and how hard it had become. It was hard being honest to my friends, but after I did, I felt so much better. This past summer, I got to be with my sisters for a month back on Mackinac Island. I enjoyed seeing them and it was so much fun to be able to be with them. I was able to be myself. When they left at the end of the summer to return to Chicago, I was very upset. My sisters, who I just got to see again, left too soon. For the first time, I didn't see them as roommates 
but sisters, many of you have siblings, many of you see them as roommates, or only enjoy shooting them in the face with Nerf guns. Siblings are bound to have periods of not getting along. It's impossible to spend that much time with another human being and not get on each other's nerves. But here's the deal. There will come a time when you will look back on your relationship with your sibling and regret being a complete jerk to them. Regret avoiding them or fighting with them. I regret not being friends with my sisters. I regret not always being kind to them. And I wish I could rewrite some of the things I did to them. My message to you, TMI, is that if you have siblings, be kind to them. Create a strong bond with them because you never know when you'll move away. Don't wait for them to change or be the way you want them to be. Respect them, who they are, and I bet the relationship will change quicker than you think. Enjoy the time you have with them and get to know your siblings. I wish I got to know my sisters more when I was younger, and I commit to working harder to make sure our relationship is strong from this day forth. I wish I could see them and hang out with them more often, even if I have to watch Hannah Montana. Thank you. Our final chapel talk from last week is by Chase Blackwell. Chase has been at TMI since his freshman year and is hoping to attend the University of Washington, Baylor, Penn State, or Michigan State next fall. He is looking to study either medicine or business. When not in class, you'll find Chase organizing student council activities or reading fantasy and true crime thrillers. And now, enjoy this senior chapel talk. Chase Blackwell died while flying down the highway bawling his eyes out and listening to Malcolm Moore on the radio. The tears in his eyes preventing him from seeing the 18-wheeler barreling down the short on-ramp directly towards him and the music blasting through his speakers, keeping him from hearing its horn. Chase Blackwell died on December 2nd, 2017, three days after his birthday. But of course, I am actually still alive so there might be a little bit more explaining I have to do before you can understand my story or even how I ended up crying and speeding down the highway, narrowly avoiding the tragedy that would have claimed my life. It was a normal day at school. That's how every day was. Normal, mundane, and boring. I had a routine I never deviated from. Get up at five, stand in the shower for an hour trying to wake up, drive to school while trying not to fall asleep, stop at Chick-fil-A for breakfast, get to school and go down to the range and run rifle team, go to class, try and fail to stay awake in said class, get in my car, drive myself home, do my homework, fall asleep, repeat. I didn't really do anything on the weekends. I had schoolwork, so I didn't ever do much with my friends. That was the schedule that I had done over and over hundreds of times throughout my high school experience. The day that Chase Blackwell died started similarly. I woke up, I went to school, and nothing happened, just like normal, until I got on the highway to go home. The second I got on that highway, it seemed that the universe itself had set a plan in motion. I had forgotten to charge my phone that day, so I was listening to just whatever the radio was playing. A song I'd never heard before came on. It was Good Old Days by Malcolmore featuring Kesha. And while I would normally never listen to a Malcolmore song, it featured Kesha. And I worship the ground that that lady walks on. <laughs> In the song, Malcolmore throws down an amazing rap about his regrets. 
Namely, he sings about how he regrets that he never got out of his shell in high school. He sings about regretting that he didn't ask that girl to prom. He regrets that he was too self-conscious to enjoy the good old days while they were just that, the good old days. This song spoke to me in a way I still can't fully explain. It's the first time I've ever been moved to tears by a song. You see, the life I'd lived up to that point was safe, yes, but it was also lackluster, boring, and kind of worthless. Just like Malcolm Moore in the song, I hadn't gone to a high school dance. I hadn't asked anyone out. I was filled with regret as I realized I didn't have any memories I could look back upon and call them my own good old days. And as I continued to drive down the highway, I remember how I sat alone at lunch for the first week and a half of freshman year. I remembered listening while my classmates would plan parties in front of me and how I'd get excited for them despite knowing I wasn't going to be invited. I remembered all the early mornings where I'd go and sit all by myself in the breezeways of Ayers Hall and just read alone until class started. I remembered all the days I'd stay after lacrosse practice to pick up every single ball left on the field all by myself. I remembered the often hour to hour and a half long drive home through traffic every day. I remembered all the times I fell asleep in chapel and all the homework I never turned in and all the times I fell asleep at my desk and woke up exhausted the next morning. I knew I had been struggling with depression for a few years at that point, but it had never, it had never hit me just how truly bored of life I had become. And as I reflected upon my life up to that point, I realized that for the last two years, I had never truly lived. I was so lost in these terrible memories that I didn't even notice, I didn't even notice that I started crying. And then the truck came. The 18-wheeler was speeding down an on-ramp that follows a blind curve, the curve making it so that any cars like mine on the highway would be unable to see the truck barreling towards them until it was too late to avoid it, especially if the person behind the wheel was too busy crying to actually see where or how fast he was going, for that matter. I probably would have died in the accident. I was going well over 70, and the truck wasn't going too much slower. By all accounts, I probably should have. But by the power of my car's auto brake feature, my car stopped itself, and so I stand before you today. But had my auto brake kicked on two seconds later, or had I been going just a little bit faster down the highway, I know I wouldn't be here today. And so despite the fact that I survived the incident without a hair on my head touched, I was still shaken. Not because I was nearly in a car accident with an 18-wheeler, no, but Rather, it's because I spent what were almost my last few moments here on Earth remembering my entire life up to that point and realizing just how worthless it had all been. In many ways, the Chase Blackwell who was in that car that day did die. After my close call, I needed to become a new person. Chase Blackwell was dead. It was time for me to become Chase Blackwell. I tried to be a completely different version of me, to force myself to put myself out there, to take risks and to go out with my friends. And in doing so, I made for the first time memories worth having. I began doing all sorts of stuff I'd never done before. I tested myself. I went all out on things like the Secret Santa gift exchange, Buff Puff, and Founder's Day. Yeah. <laughs> to my parents' delight, I got a job. <laughs> I bought and waited over a month to launch off over $400 worth of fireworks with my friends. 
I went to concerts. I organized multiple dodgeball tournaments. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I put myself out there for student council, and I won. And sure, I made some mistakes along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I stayed out too late some nights. <laughs> and I had to go to school exhausted some mornings, but in the end, everything I've done has been absolutely amazing, and I wouldn't change any of it for the world. I knew I'd been successful in my mission to change who I was, because at the end of Founders Day, while I was packing the cooler, the wagon, the lacrosse sticks, and all the rubber ducks I had brought back into my car, one of my close friends approached me and told me that she didn't recognize me because she had never seen me be passionate about something before. I had screened myself so completely hoarse cheering on my team that day that I couldn't even respond. She eventually left and as I finished packing my car, I was struck with the realization. I couldn't remember the last time I'd had a depressive episode. I couldn't remember the last time I'd felt bored with my life. All of my recent memories, for the first time in almost five years, were happy. And they still are. I've begun making memories. I know that one day when I'm old and feeble and my food is mushy and I've had my hip replaced eight or so times, I'll be able to look back on my time here in high school and think, those were some good old days. Hard part. Now, my fellow seniors, it's with a heavy heart I have to say that our number of good old days together grows short. We've had a meager four years to make memories of each other and the shenanigans that we got into, but in a little bit less than seven months, we'll be heading our own separate ways out into the great wide world to forge our own paths through life. From there, the sad fact is, I may never see some of you again. We might be states apart, we might be too busy to make it to the reunion. Who knows? I, I don't. But I do know that I don't want to forget a single one of you. All of us deserve to have memories of this amazing time that we've spent here together at TMI. So while we're still here, together, I urge you, make memories worth having, because at some point, that's all we're going to have. Underclassmen, middle schoolers, you'll be in these seats before you know it. Use your time wisely. My biggest regret until December 2nd, 2017 was that I didn't have any memories worth having. I wasted two years of my time here at TMI being too afraid to poke my head out of my shell. Don't make the same mistake I did. Go out, have fun, risk asking your crush out, play some dodgeball, take an easier class, take a harder class. Maybe try hanging out with your friends on the weekend. I don't care what you do. <laughs> but please, make memories so that one day you can look back upon your own good old days here at TMI and not remember just a school. TMI isn't just a school. It never was. We're a family, TMI. Sure, we may sometimes bicker or fight or start annoyingly long email chains we used to tear each other down. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we make up and we're still a family. And that's how I want all of you to be able to remember TMI as a family. So go out and make memories so that one day you can look back on this place and remember not a school or a prison, but a family. TMI, we belong to each other. And all of you guys, 
belong forever in my heart. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.